0: Welcome everyone to episode 14 of the Average Ontario Anglers Fishing Podcast. This is a relatable fishing podcast. That is clean, no swears, right Andrew? Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks everyone for joining in again. Like I said, episode 14, and today is a whole episode on one of my favorite fishing lures, the swim jig. We're gonna kinda go in depth. Me and Andrew are gonna tell you why you must own and fish a swim jig if you live in Ontario. But first, before that, and before we talk about our podcast sponsor of the week, Andrew has the interesting fishing fact of the week. And it better be good this week. He told me it was good. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, I like to bring Jesse's hopes up real high before I crush them, just because I like <laughs> seeing the look of disappointment on his face. <laughs> All right.
0: So if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, <laughs> wait for my disappointed face.
1: <laughs> so this uh, week, I want to talk about cheating. Now, I'm not going to beat the wallet tournament-led lead weights in the fish we've heard about that way too much already but i was thinking of what are some other kind of more interesting ways that people have cheated in the past okay specifically in bass tournaments interesting so i'm not sure if you ever heard of of these before so i have have three different ones uh the first one uh which i had seen a short video on which is kind of why i picked this topic uh elro elro mcneil in 1983 so this sounds is... like a cheater <laughs> oh he was so this was uh down in texas it took place uh, back in 83 at this time uh, when it first started the bass tournaments you would actually kill the bass like they would have them dead it was completely fine normal so what he did was he bought a frozen frozen bass from florida then he thawed it in his bathtub in louisiana then took it to uh the Tyler, Texas fishing tournament, and he gave it to a competitor or someone who is actually angling in the event, and they split the livings. Split the list. <laughs> they split, split the winnings. Oh, the winnings! He did this a couple times. He eventually upgraded his truck to have an aerator in it and it would transport live bass to mm. these different tournaments for a total of three hundred and fifty thousand dollars of winnings. And that's back in the '80s. This is '83, I believe, smokes. to '85. So in '85, him and three other anglers received fines and five-year prison sentences. That's, that's, that's crazy. That's, yeah, like that's nuts. <laughs>
0: wow, that, you got some balls to
1: do that. My goodness, especially
0: yeah. to unthaw a fish because like you've all
1: caught so it, like, caught
0: a fish at the grocery
1: unthawed. It doesn't look fresh at all. You know why they they caught him? <laughs> why there's a lot of suspicion? Why? is because a guy apparently that, now this is hearsay I couldn't find any actual reports on it but apparently a guy won a tournament but didn't have any tackle in his boat <laughs> it's like <laughs> well that makes that's sense. interesting another one is i don't know if i'm going to say this right it's guernsey's 2012 balwick bass club tournament this is actually in england it's an english bass tournament the winning bass of the tournament was 13 pounds and 13 ounces a big bass that's a big bass it beats second place by three pounds which is still like a 10 pound bass is a really big bass still so matthew clark uh he was the first place winner with that 13 pound bass and he was posing for the photo after the tournament with the second place winner shane bentley when bentley recognized that bass as a specific bass he had recently been to the st peter port aquarium and saw that the same distinct markings on the head of that winning bass as he saw on the bass in the aquarium. <laughs> so the next day, he went, inspected the aquarium, couldn't find the fish. He had the staff look. They couldn't find the fish. And eventually, uh, Clark uh, confessed to it. He had scaled a cliff, climbed a rope ladder, broke into this aquarium because he had previously worked there, so he knew how to get in. And he took this bass, brought it to... He took it live. I don't know how he transported this thing down a cliff live. Brought it to the tournament, won, and then he went to return it, but he dropped it and injured it. So he gave it to a fish seller or sold it to a fish seller, and they just chopped it up. <laughs> so the guy does a full-out Mission Impossible <laughs> Tom Cruise
0: into a, a tank to legit get a bass. Yeah, oh, you know that that guy. That's, Imagine that's though, impressive.
1: It's like, hey, you're pre visioning for a tournament. Yeah, I'm going to the Bass Pro Shops tank. Yeah. <laughs> You could win a lot you'd, of tournaments by fishing like, in the
0: Bass Pro Tournament.
1: Yeah. All of your bags are thirty-five pound bags, four ounces. Like I don't know, two fish. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one i will talk about is a short one. This is in twenty twenty, so pretty recent. Oh, okay, it was a Texas kayak tournament. His name is Brent Taylor. So I'm sure you know that in in uh, kayak tournaments, they don't have like the big weighing at the end. They often have a bump board and so you take a photo on the red regular regulated bump board you have to have for the event which is a bump board is is basically a, a, a measuring tape you a measuring on. tape
0: on a plastic trough basically you put yeah. a fish on yeah i have one yeah yeah
1: so the way he cheated on this was he had a severed tail of a fish and so he would have the fish laying on the bump board and then put the tail to make it look like the fish is longer and then cover that part with his hand and then take the picture Hmm. so you'd have like the severed tail sticking back an extra inch or two inches with your hand covering the cut portion of it so you couldn't see it lying on top of the other bass huh so that's what he was doing and then uh he was under suspicion and they found that out because all his bass had the same tail (laughs) (laughs) and then they inspected his kayak found a severed tail and you know what he said he found it in the lake and is going to return it after the tournament (laughs) weirdo so anyways, that's, that's uh, those are three of some of the more interesting cheating stories I could find on bass tournaments.
0: It's actually funny because it's, it's a very popular topic right now. Cause I remember I was listening to the Dave Mercer podcast and he interviewed Seth Fider, who's one of my favorite professionals, yeah. uh, bass fishermen. And, and he was talking about how prevalent cheating is even in the highest level of bass tournaments. Oh, so yeah. people, when money's involved, big money and fame, people do a lot of stupid things. But I think my favorite one though, <laughs> is when the guy basically, uh. <laughs> tom cruised into a aquarium to steal a bass (laughs) it's like sir that's not a largemouth bass that's an atlantic grouper (laughs) it's like oh my bad they all look the same at at dark (laughs) all right i'm going to give you a rating for that um the interesting rating is going to be pretty good because that was pretty interesting it was also more entertaining than interesting so i'll give you a solid 87 and a half out of 100 which is pretty good That's like that's an A grade. That's more than 10% more than than last week. So I gave Andrew an 84 last week. 74. 74, sorry. And then uh, my dad actually messaged (laughs) me on YouTube and was like, I think Andrew deserved a 75. So I'm sticking (laughs) with 74. It was okay. This week, a lot better. Good job. (laughs) Thanks, Mike. (laughs) I like when my dad's on my side for once. (laughs) Not... (laughs) So before we start on our main topic of Swim Jigs, we'd like to talk about our podcast sponsor for episode 14. And again, every week we're like, wow, I can't believe we've gotten this far. But (laughs) it's funny, we're actually, when we first started this podcast, we sat down in a Tim Hortons and we wrote up kind of a plan for the first 15 or 16 podcasts. And we're like, oh, wow, that seems like so far in the, (laughs) you know, like to get through that money, like we won't even have to think about doing the next ones. And now we're at that point where we're writing up the next two or three months of of uh, schedules and it's just insane yeah how fast this has been going but this one i've been looking forward to for a while because like we said swim jigs love them but we bumped into brendan from the perfect jig who is our sponsor of episode 14 at the spring fishing and boating show and he stuffed this kit in my bag it's his like flipping kit it comes with everything we're going to talk more about that after
1: and for those in the audience in the audible audience
0: there's some good value in there. We're going to go through what's in that kit, but if you have this kit and you're fishing for largemouth or even smallmouth or pike, you're set. It, it has, has everything catching, you need. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a really nice kit. It's really good value. But uh, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about Perfect Jig. A lot of you probably have fished with Perfect Jig's products. And if you haven't, we're just going to talk a little bit about him. So I've met him many times. Super nice guy. Brendan, he's an accomplished bass angler. Mm-hmm. How accomplished? A lot of people are like, I'm an accomplished bass angler. Well... He's actually won more than twenty Canadian titles and tournaments. Did you know that? I didn't know he won he, that much. I know he's been—he's like, a hammer in the field, but yeah, yeah he's that's a hammer. It's cool. <laughs> a so long story short. He started making his own jigs. So now this guy—he's yeah. fishing tournaments. You know, he's doing well, and guys are like, "What are you fishing? Like, what bait is that?" And he's like, "Oh, you know, I tie my own jigs." And you know what they say? Well, this guy's winning tournaments. Can I have some of those jigs? Like, can I? Can you make me some? <laughs> so what does he do? He, you know, oh yeah, no problem. I'll make you a few. And it quickly snowballed. So the guy's making a few jigs yeah. here and there. All of a sudden, boom. He's now, he's making apparently around 100,000 pieces a year. That's crazy. And he sells them all over Ontario, all over Canada, in the States, all over. And he makes tons of stuff. We were listening to the CanCast podcast a few months ago. And yeah. definitely check out that episode. I'll put it in the show notes. You kind of hear his
1: origin story, which is oh, pretty yeah. cool of, of even
0: how he got the name. And yeah. yeah, it's it's it was good. It's a good episode. So we'll link that in the show notes. Definitely check that out. And you can hear from Brendan himself. So now he makes fishing tackle for a living. That's what he does and he's been doing it for years now. And we're gonna go more into what he makes, but he makes everything. If you go on his website, which I highly recommend you do, unless you don't (laughs) want to spend money, he (laughs) makes tons of jigs, archie jigs, punch jigs, tungsten, finesse, football, marabou, ned heads, plastic, chunks, craws, beavers, stick baits, tubes, neds, gobies, swim baits, everything. Like if you're fishing bass, he's got it. And he's always bringing out new product, which is cool. He has his own jig heads, swim bait heads, downspins, tube heads. I can't even read my writing you, here. You read that list like a disclaimer at the end of yeah. a commercial. <laughs> Flippin' weights, punching skirts, hooks. If you're reading this and you don't catch fish, you can't sue us. <laughs> Something's wrong with you. And he has frogs too, but we're going to get into more <laughs> of that. But basically, uh, he's, he has a lot of stuff. Like yeah. he, he says that he's the one-stop flipping shop, and he literally is. He sells everything you'd need to go The amount crew. of
1: colors he has and color combinations in all of these jigs too. Yeah. Is insane, and like
0: and like we said with other brands. We're like, when you buy from local guys, they know what colors work well, and you get some really cool colors that you know yeah. maybe work specifically good on certain lakes. But we're gonna go more into that giveaway after. We're gonna get right <laughs> into our main topic of swim jigs, and I'm all like giddy because like I love swim jigs, and I actually <laughs> it's it's a triumph for me because I got Andrew into swim jigs. I, I love that.
1: Recently, I think my first swim jig I used was last year. Lost it pretty pretty quickly on a pike. Yeah, and then I got a couple more this year that. I'm definitely going to be putting more to use than I have in the past. It's always great when you love something and your friend's like, ah, and then you get them
0: onto it and they're like, I love it. And you're like, I knew it. Ha ha. All right. So why would you want to fish a swim jig? Here's why. They're one of the most versatile lures that you can own. Now, if you already fish a swim jig, you're probably just like nodding your head. Yeah, I agree with that. (laughs) If you've never fished a swim jig, you're probably like, well, what the heck is a swim jig? It just looks like a jig. And the reality is it is a jig. And we're gonna talk about that, <laughs> but they're super versatile. And there's a lot of professional anglers out there uh, that are known for using swim jigs. Like it's one of their main things. I'm thinking like, if you watch YouTube videos and stuff, you'll see like, you know, Greg Hackney, Gerald Swindle, John Cruz, John Cox, uh, Tom Monsour. Like they're known for fishing swim jigs and they always have one tied on for the reason that it's versatile. They can chuck it anywhere. They can fish it in different depths, super yep. versatile. So first of all, we're gonna kind of cover what is
1: a swim jig? And maybe Andrew can start off there. The main difference between let's say a swim jig and a flipping jig is you have, uh, is a position of the eye. So a swim jig has the eye more on the front so that you can be pulled through weeds a bit easier. You're supposed to fish these primarily through covers what they're designed for. You can fish them anywhere, but they have a weed guard. They have a, a lead head or tungsten head. Sometimes this one has rattles. Uh, sometimes they, they may or may not. Sometimes you can get them with an underspin blade underneath of it, but Mm -hmm. the main difference is that eye on the front of this jig is at the front of the bait, so it's not at the top, it's not uh, it's not set back. That way, it's going to slide right through those those grasses, those weeds, all that stuff. Timber, everything. Yeah, and again, they often come with uh, I think almost always I would say is the weed guard as well, because they're just again designed for cover. And these ones have a nice owner hook on it as well, which is awesome yeah so
0: andrew's holding the perfect jig swim jig which we've used for years and <laughs> it's it's got a really sharp owner hook on it and like the weed guard it's softer than a, a flipping jig yes So oftentimes you'll pick up a flipping jig and it has a really stiff weed guard and that's for de- deflecting you know like lily pad stems and timber but swim jigs have a, more of a
1: soft bristle so you know if that- you're like this this is the kind of thing where you cast this out into like a rice bed you just like slide it right through not mm-hmm. a problem it's not like as it says it's not deflecting the heavier weeds. This, this just has to make sure that things aren't running down your line and getting caught on the hook, essentially. Yeah, you're not, like, punching this through slop,
0: <laughs> okay? So that's a swim jig, and we're going to get more into, like, in-depth sizes, hooks, weed guards, all that kind of stuff. But you need to be fishing a swim jig for this reason, okay? Like we said, they're versatile. Like Andrew said, they're extremely weedless. And I'm always, like, flabbergasted by how thick of weeds you can actually get a swim jig through. When you cast it out and you're reeling it in, and as long as you keep reeling in and the weeds aren't just fully matted up, yeah. the swim jig usually comes
1: out without any weeds on it. This this is as weedless on a steady retrieve, like I said, you put a paddle tail on this, cast out, retrieve. This is as weedless as a Texas rigged worm. Yeah. Like it it just glides right through.
0: Yep. And another reason you should use a swim jig is because they're they're very multi species. Now, like you might think, oh, it's a largemouth bait. You catch smallmouth on them. You catch pike musky on them. Pike he slays pike. On yep, it. very yeah. good for pike. And you caught what on it? One last week. Yeah, I, I caught a nice walleye on. You one. Caught a walleye on a swim jig. So like, don't. I think the main thing that people, when they see swim jig, they think, oh, it's a largemouth bait, and it's just like that's in their mind. It's like no, it's it's a jig. It's a swim yeah. bait, or whatever trailer you put on with a weed guard. Don't yeah. think of it as anything different. It's just weedless. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna go in depth a little bit now about of like if you're looking to get some swim jigs because you obviously should so they come in a lot of <laughs> if different sizes you don't want sizes. one now
1: you will later yeah <laughs> it's <laughs> so like they-, they work in weeds but that's not all here's what else you'll get <laughs>
0: <laughs> so they um they come in a lot of different sizes generally speaking we're going to keep we're, we're not going to go super in depth but generally speaking the most popular sizes of swim jigs is quarter ounce three eighths, and half those are the most popular sizes yeah. and they come in different types so you can get finesse swim jigs you can get compact finesse jigs you can get heavy cover swim jigs so there's all kinds and it's going to really depend what you're fishing like say like i'm fishing you know a lake that doesn't have a lot of thick you know weeds i'm probably going to use a finesse jig or something without a big flipping hook like you know those heavy duty swim jigs are designed for fishing in heavy cover for big fish they have a really thick gauge hook on them and oftentimes if you're fishing maybe up north that's not necessary so choose accordingly the size. So like the perfect jig one that we're looking at now though, it doesn't have a
1: super, super thick hook on it. So it's a good overall hook. No, yeah, I believe this is the owner hook too, which yep. uh, if, if you ever take a look at one or if, when you pick one up, when you pick one of these up or you win one from us, if you look at the point of this hook, it's it's been tapered like a knife edge almost. So it doesn't just taper to a cylindrical point. It also like bevels to like a f- almost flat pointed knife edge it's a knife edge yeah. so when it it penetrates really easily while still keeping that hook shank pretty it is a bit flattened on the side of the shank to narrow it a bit again helps it slide through that mouth but you still have a lot of meat in that uh steel hook to be able to not bend out you still have a lot of strength but it has a really nice hook point that's the owner hooks are known for
0: and and generally speaking like i fish the perfect jig swim jig in fairly heavy cover and i've never had a hook bend out yeah so it depends a lot on your gear as well. We're going to get into that more. So an example of a, of a jig with a heavy duty like hook is this is a Strike King Hack Attack, the Greg Hackney heavy cover swim jig. And if you yeah. notice, the hook is just a big, it's a gaff. Yeah. It's a big five-aught <laughs> thick wire hook. Only use that if you need it because you will get better hook penetration with a thinner hook. I'm not saying use a thin hook. I'm just saying yeah. use a normal hook if you can get away with it. You don't but want to be and using
1: That's the thing. You can get away with, uh, let's say you're fishing open water you're not going to want to use a heavier rod. You're going to have better playability. You're going to have a lot more uh, accuracy with casting. Accuracy with casting with a lighter rod, lighter line even, because you don't need to worry about the the cover and stuff you're fishing around. But at the same time now, you can't be using, or you don't want to be using as thick of a hook. You want to be able to penetrate that fish, like Jesse said, easier. But at the same time, you if you're fishing open water, like we talked about in previous episodes, the more flexibility or bend you have in your rod the higher chances of you landing that fish just because when it gets to the boat you want to have that flexibility exactly so having an an assortment of jigs is important depending on, on on the if you fish a variety of lakes like we do or you have a few different combos you want to be able to cast your finesse or your compact jigs on and then your heavy cover ones you want to have a you want to have the options to use them effectively exactly So, I mean, you don't need to have a
0: ton of jigs, but it is nice to have a a few variations of, you know, types of jigs for different Mm -hmm. situations, obviously. And of course, if you're like me, you have a whole box of them and you only (laughs) use four of them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So again, when it comes to hooks, definitely if you're fishing a lot of like heavy lily pads, heavy timber, thick weeds, bulrushes, stuff like that, you might want to use the heavy cover jig with the thicker gauge hook. But generally for the average person in Ontario fishing, you can just get away with the regular hook. Now, another style of swim jigs is the compact swim jigs. And the compact swim jigs are generally like a lot of compact baits. Uh, sometimes when lure manufacturers make a smaller bait, they make the hook thin and, and everything's small and chintzy. A compact swim jig is the same yes. toughness of hook. It's the same toughness
1: of all the materials. It's just slightly smaller. Yep. Shorter shank. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's a, a two watt instead of a three, maybe. Exactly, yeah. And But yeah, it's I really like them because I like fishing a bit more finesse approach. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of my plastics that I, that I have accumulated over the years, they pair really well with a smaller compact jig. Like I have some three inch paddle tails, which they'll almost get lost in the skirt on a full size jig, but the yep. compact ones. And again, I don't, the hookup percentage is still great. Yep. The hook quality, you're still bringing in big fish with it. It's not a, it's not a problem. I think some people think if they're using compact
0: size baits that they're not going to catch big fish. That's false. Yep. We catch tons of fish on compact jigs. Uh, compact frogs catch tons of fish it's just especially on pressured water if you fish a lake that is full of jet skis and boats and other (laughs) anglers fishing compact or finesse baits can be the deal so definitely check that out all right that's about in depth as we're going to go on different types of swim jigs and we're going to slightly mention about hook uh, sorry the head design like there's different and it I, i'm going to say there's different styles of heads and everyone has their own favorite one yeah some people will be like you know i like this pointy head i like this head i like the eye being at 90 like different degrees it's all personal preference so i'm going to show andrew right here this is a jig this is one of my favorite head designs right here pointy
1: is this the MT? coming
0: right out the front that is um outcast tackle okay okay and you'll notice the perfect jig one is a slightly like a wedge shape but the the eye comes out of the top so they're all they're all the same pointy head so it pushes through cover mm-hmm. and the the eye of the hook is always at the top or in the front so that it splits through okay yes all good swim jigs that are popular have that exact design because it helps them basically split through the weeds as they're going and it's fantastic yeah head shape is going to be personal preference and what you like
1: i've tried different styles And I found that they all work good. (laughs) So I I really like ones again, when, when someone has, has taken the time and their design of it, and for most of them, you're going to find is the eye, the eye of the jig lines up oftentimes with the curve or the flat edge on the bottom of the jig. So even this one, it, even though it's, it's not kind of molded right into the head, there's no lip at the head to catch Mm -hmm. because regular jig, let's say you have the eye on the hook up top and a, a ball jig, let's say you have a big area for weeds to get caught in so yeah. a lot of them manufacturers they'll have it like perfect jig does here is they'll have it on a specific angle and any weeds that get caught in the front of your line are coming down and they just glance right off the bottom yeah they just slide. Right you don't off. want anything to get caught between the, the lead and the eye of that hook so that's and again that's what you're going to find on most jigs any or most swim jigs anyways is they've thought of that but that's something for sure to look out for if you're perhaps going for more budget model you might have some issues with always having to clear weeds off your supposedly weedless bait yeah and that's the main reason you're using a swim jig
0: is for the ability to th- cast it through weeds yeah so again the perfect jig again we've been using them for more than a few years <laughs> great designs great color great jig in general can't go wrong with that head weight or weight of the jig uh, three eighths is standard for me yeah I, I actually bought a bunch of quarter ounce uh, this year just for fishing really skinny water uh, which we're going to be doing really soon because bass season opens like right in a few weeks Uh, but three-eighths for me like quarter is for shallow water three-eighths does everything and then half ounce is like if you want to get a little bit deeper you're good so now we're going to get kind of into color very briefly okay and we're going to keep it as basic as you can and i are we
1: going into techniques on fishing yep okay cool i was going to mention something but i'll wait i'll be patient (laughs) just like all the listeners will have to be now too (laughs) so for colors If you go to the,
0: you know, if you say you look on perfectjig.com you look at his swim jigs, he has tons of colors and you're like, well, what the heck do I get? Right. Um, There's a few basic colors that I, I would recommend to anyone. And when I worked at the tackle shop, you see certain colors that sell every year and you're like, okay, that those are the colors that work obviously. Yeah. So you cannot go wrong anywhere in the country or in the U S or anywhere with green pumpkin. Some kind of green pumpkin with a green pumpkin trailer. Yep. You can't go wrong. It imitates so many things. If you kind of reel along the bottom, it looks like a crawfish or a crayfish. If you reel it through, it looks like a a bluegill swimming. It could look like anything. It's just such a natural color. Mm -hmm. Everything in nature tries to camouflage so that it doesn't get eaten. And you may think oh like green pumpkins the same color as like the weeds it's like yeah that's what <laughs> that's what fish try to do to hide bass are used to hunting but it's things. moving
1: and glancing off weeds so yeah it's they're gonna pick it up it's
0: natural it's, yeah bass are used to hunting things that look natural so you don't always have to chuck something that's super gaudy yeah uh, another color white and not even speaking about bass but pike love white yes oh yes. my goodness i i
1: do like white with like a silver fleck in it too yeah just because i find that especially if the head has like metal fleck or something it just has a bit more flash even Mm -hmm. uh, on those bright days actually perfect the white color just like that yeah and i I white with some
0: fleck with a little bit of like black strands in it yeah it looks
1: to me it it looks it's a really good like minnow or shad imitation because it has kind of that that a little bit of contrast in the white but primarily it stands out still just as much as a pure white one but has a bit of contrast which i like for sure. And great for bass, great for
0: pike. Yeah, everything. I've I've lost more than a few to pike when I was bass <laughs> fishing. Another color that works good and I don't use as much um because not a lot of the lakes that we fish are dingy, but just black and blue or black. If you're fishing mm-hmm. dark conditions or muddy water, silhouettes better. So the fish can see it better and and yeah. you know tune in on it better and find where it is. So that can be good. And then generally speaking, I find myself buying usually green pumpkin and then kind of a slight variation would be some kind of a bluegill pattern so yeah. like there's all kinds of swim jigs you can get and they just have like you know a little bit of extra like a little bit of orange underneath and some you know some orange and some blue just to make it look like a yeah. pumpkin seed sunfish or or like a bluegill something like that And that,
1: that's actually a good example i really like taking a bluegill a green green pumpkin bluegill presentation like this and then i'll put on a yellow trailer and then automatically it becomes a perch presentation you still yeah. have the dark green you've got the barring you've got the orange and it now has a color pattern of a perch. Because the perch and bluegill patterns
0: sometimes are very similar. Yeah. And there's a lot of like, well, Perfect Jig obviously has one of my favorite colors, which is like, I forget the exact color, but it's a it's a bluegill or perch color that looks pretty crazy. It's got like some bright orange and some yeah. bright blue in it. And it looks just like a pumpkin seed sunfish. Yeah. And especially it's- early bass season when the bluegill are on their beds, the bass that have just finished spawning are kind of hanging around still. And they will hang around the weed edges and wait for these bluegill to not pay attention and then just swoop out and eat one. And that is a good time to be fishing a bluegill-colored swim jig. Now, some people may say, oh, it doesn't matter. You can use just a green pumpkin. But sometimes on pressured water, or just for your own confidence sake,
1: a bluegill pattern can be a killer. Mm -hmm. Another thing too I was going to mention for colors. Uh, Again, for me, I'm a big believer in contrast having benefit. So I'll often have a let's say I have like a a, a black swim jig or a dark colored swim jig and I'll put a light colored bait with it. As it's going through the water, you're going to have all the, the, the dark green or, or brown or black whatever skirt covering the bait and it's kind of shaking around as it's traveling through the water. So it's breaking up constantly and changing how much of that trailer is showing on its side profile. So again, that's just my thought on it. <laughs> Whether or not that has anything or it's just my my weird confidence thing with it but i do like sometimes pairing really bright trailers with the darker colored baits just because it gives a bit of like breakup on the on the pattern yeah and a lot of times like you'll say oh i have a green pumpkin swim jig i'll put a green
0: pumpkin paddle tail on for example but i've seen a lot of pros they'll actually put like you know a black and blue trailer on a on a green pumpkin or yeah. a green pumpkin trailer on a black and blue jig just to, yeah, like to give it chartreuse
1: that. on like brown like yeah. it just it's it's different, it's, and
0: it's something different if you again if you fish a popular lake around here it's not like it is in the states we're not pressured like that yeah. but if you're fishing a popular lake and people are fishing jigs and they're all fishing black and blue because that's a very popular color or green pumpkin throwing something slightly different may get you more fish and just to add to the skirts i i will mention too some people may ask why fish a swim jig when i can just fish like a weedless paddle tail and it's all about the skirt. It's, it mm-hmm. pulsates, it, it creates secondary action. So you have, you know, the paddle tail or the craw or whatever trailer you have that's, you know, kicking or flapping back there. As well as you have that pulsing skirt that's adding kind of like a lifelike pulsing that makes it very realistic. Yeah, And it's more bulky. So fish are trying to feed up. The profile. The profile, the profile is, is very is, good. Yeah, this,
1: the, especially the rubber skirts. I think, again, personal pre- personal opinion, but I think they, they, I don't know, like the tinsel stuff and they, they will have a lot of... Pulsing, like you say, like shimmer and movement on them. I think rubber skirts primarily are beneficial because they just increase the bulk. They increase that side profile of the bait. Because you think of uh, a sunfish or even even a perch, like most of the swim jigs that you have or or paddle tails that you get, they're quite narrow baits. Yep. And then as soon as you put something like this on, and it's going through the water. Now you have something that is actually the, the diameter, the thickness of those bluegill. bait fish that you're trying to present, yeah. or like say the thicker ones, the, the bluegills. It's, it creates a big body, so that's if the fish are finicky or they're picky, having that, and again, just knowing that they're gonna get more of a mouthful from it might yeah. also help, especially in the summer when the bass's
0: metabolism is higher. Yeah, they're more likely to move for something that's more substantial. And, you know, you you can do very well with just a paddle tail. We do it all the time. But <laughs> swim jigs are great because they're weedless and it has that secondary action and it's more of a profile. It's a bluegill profile, really. Yeah.
1: And we're not bashing other techniques. We're just, this, this podcast is, is about swim jigs. Yeah. We're going to talk about the benefits of them. We're going to tell you.
0: <laughs> and I became a real, we're going to, I'll get into a, a swim jig story later, but I became a real believer a few years ago on swim jigs and I had no confidence in them before. Yeah. And I forced myself to use them and they catch a <laughs> lot. And Andrew will tell you too. So now... We're going to get into trailers, the three basic trailers that we're going to talk about that you could put anything on the back of a swim jig, but we're going to talk about swim baits, craw baits, and creature baits, which are basically the main ones that we use. Mm-hmm. So which one is your favorite?
1: I would have to say, I like a paddle tail. I like a, like a swim bait because when I fish like a half ounce, again, half ounce is, is for me, I like it because when I'm fishing shallow, it's on the bottom. So if I'm fishing shallow, it's often, you know, through a rice patch on a sand bottom or a mud bottom. And I'll cast out and I'll reel it slow. And this paddle tail is just thumping behind. And it looks like something just rooting its face down into the the sand bottom. And fish will just annihilate it. Because it's it's a small fish that's not expecting, you know, I always think of how how it's presenting as naturally as possible. But here's an unsuspecting bait fish that is oblivious to its surroundings. Just rooting around for worms in the bottom, like silt. Yeah. That's just going to get smashed. So for me, I would have to say it is a paddle tail because open water provides nice action. Mm-hmm. And when it's down on the bottom really slow, you get the right trailer. It has a lot of like thumping action still.
0: Yeah. And they're probably the most popular trailer uh, followed second by craw trailers. And like I fish with a few guys that they love the craw trailers on chatter baits, on swim jigs. I feel like bass aren't that smart. So if a bass sees a swim jig whip by them and it's got a craw on the back and they're like, I've never seen a crayfish swim that fast near the surface. They probably don't think it's a crayfish. It's just a swim jig with floppy tails on the back. It probably just looks like some weird sunfish (laughs) to them. But really, for me, I view a craw bait as more like a double twister because it's just two flopping things behind the bait. But we're gonna talk a little bit about paddle tails. Andrew's telling you why he likes them. So one really nice paddle tail is actually in this kit that we're giving away, or that Perfect Jig is giving away. And we were just talking about this earlier that this color's pretty nice.
1: And it's it's a nice paddle tail too because even the ribbed sides, which produce yeah. a bit more vibration in the water as well.
0: So generally, for paddle tails on a regular size swim bait in Ontario, you're going to be looking at a three and a half, or a four inch swim bait. And I generally like the three and a half size. Four sometimes is too big, but that's a perfect size. So Perfect Jig makes this perfect swimmers, yep. tons of colors, everything you'd need, all the popular colors pairs perfectly on his uh, swim jig i'd recommend
1: probably the three and a half inch on his swim jig which i believe this that's what this one is here yep it's a three and a half and this color is is it's like a minnow presentation very natural looking with a purple tint in it and if yep. you ever have picked up like a uh, minnow, a minnow yeah. and you look at it especially when they get this size they have this weird like purple band right underneath the black and it's this like bright blue or purple band in there and that's this mimics it perfectly and I really like Perfect. the rib perfectly profile of it as well. Yeah, I think it disp- displaces more
0: water when you're yeah. reeling it in. But a, a regular swimmer like that, that's all you need, in my opinion. Other paddle tails that I've been trying over the years, can't complain. Uh, really popular one, also an Ontario company as well, is the Exxon Swammer. Yep, the three and a half inch
1: is golden. You the can't Swammer, go wrong with it, that. it has really free movement, which yeah. is nice. So it's at a slow, slow really speeds,
0: kick. it it kicks a lot. Another one that is probably my favorite overall is the Storm Largo Shad. And the reason I like these is because they're made of like a more dense, hard plastic, Mm -hmm. which when the tail kicks, it actually really moves the whole jig a lot. So sometimes you'll find you'll get like a paddle tail with a thinner tail and the tail just, you know, kicks back and forth but the body doesn't really have any roll or any any movement when you're reeling the swim jig in. If you have a Largo Shad or like that Perfect Jig swimmer that has like a thicker body and tail, yeah. when it's kicking, it actually moves the swim jig as you're reeling it in. Try a, a slightly bigger, like three and a half, four inch paddle tail. It'll actually give your swim bait a lot more action if you're just one of those guys or girls that just wants to cast it and reel it in. Mm-hmm. Which again, is a completely proper technique. <laughs> yes, that's actually one of the main techniques. Um, another one, Thirteen Fishing, the Churro, actually got these uh, on the discount rack at Princess Auto for $3, <laughs> but they're actually fantastic swim baits as well. <laughs> when it comes to swim baits, I, I like to try them. So when it comes to craws, there's tons of craws on the market. You literally can go, you know, and look at craws on, you know, the fishing store, and there's there's probably a 100 or 150 of them, different colors and sizes and brands. Mm-hmm. Uh, the craw that I've been using on a swim jig almost exclusively is the Z-Man And the reason for that is it's, it's a last tech. Yeah. And what I do is with the crawl, when I do fish it on a swim jig and one of the main times I like to put a crawl trailer on my swim jig is in shallow water because there's more lift. So if I'm fishing like really skinny water, like two, three, four feet, it provides a lot more lift than a paddle tail.
1: And what else is in that really shallow water besides bass musky (laughs) and also panfish true <laughs> so if you have a nice soft uh creature or craw-, or craw trailer on it and you keep pulling it back and every like three casts you're noticing that one of the claws is gone and it lost half its action it's true it's because there's a bunch of dinky bass and panfish in there and that's why these are nice with the uh cybertech what's it called cyberflex cyberflex
0: tech. sorry it used to be called cyberflex. right now right. it's called <laughs> we're showing our age jesse we're old. <laughs> i see where you're going with that too yeah sometimes especially with craw baits i find sunfish or panfish or perch they'll peck the the claws right and, off
1: and it, they, they do that or or they will come off easy because the the claws are generally very yeah they have a lot of action but the plastic's very thin in order to allow it to have that movement and that action exactly it's kind of like
0: this is the water and i don't find that as big of a deal with paddle tails yeah but when it craws it happens a lot so yeah. again i like the helicross and and the thing is with them is once i super glue that onto a swim jig like, like I have one of these in white, <laughs> super glued to a perfect jig, white swim jig that it's been on there for like seven or eight months. I, it's been I on have, there since
1: last year. Got, I still have a, I have a goat that's, I super glued onto my chatterbait that's been on for two years. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same bait. They last a long time. <laughs> so I'm going to
0: go very quickly through some baits that you can put onto a swim jig that aren't as, you know, wide stream, but they work really good and I've mm-hmm. had success with them. And one is just your good old fashioned five inch grub this is a berkeley power bait grub i found that the perfect size is five inch it's not it's very subtle it just has a little bit of a kick you know like a regular twister tail kick it's subtle it helps your bait fish a little bit deeper You do have to give your bait some action with your rod, which we're going to get into it Mm because it doesn't really make your your swim jig roll or anything like that, but it does have a very unique action on a swim jig. You can also have the double twister tails, like the classic Mr. Twister, like the double, right? The four inch. And it just has, it's the same kind of like a crawl thing. I view it as kind of the same thing Mm -hmm. and they've been great for me. And another one is actually the Perfect Jig Chunk. Now, if you don't know what a chunk trailer is, it literally it, it's like the old pork rind. Yeah,
1: it, you you might have heard in the past. It's called a jig and a pig, yeah. And it's because it used to be made of pork rind. Yeah, and it was yeah just a bit of pork skin that they cut into, kind of like a frog. A, it's like a chunk with with two yeah. legs off of it. Picture you just stepped in the crayfish, but it didn't like crush out. It just kind of flattened. Yeah, that's what it is.
0: <laughs> now the cool thing with this is, this is a bait that i've never expect to put on a swim jig i never even thought of it until i watched a video with john cox and if you don't know who john cox is he's a a pretty hilarious professional bass angler in the states and he was fishing swim jigs in the shallows and he was skittering we're going to get into this technique he was skittering swim jigs over lily pads which i'd never seen before i was like wow that's cool and no trailer he's using he's using a chunk and perfect jig is actually known for his chunks they're called the perfect chunk i mean they're perfect right <laughs> and they're made in canada and they smell good but he has tons he has chunks and he has junior chunks too like smaller
1: size yeah which are great for those compact jigs yeah they, exactly. again t- you want to get uh, the right size trailer you get too big of a trailer on a compact jig and now you're it's, it's too light to sink properly or give the right action so yeah the fact that he makes the smaller ones i love
0: yeah so that's another thing you put on a swim jig that was kind of like a secret tip so you should definitely try that because i'm sure some of you guys are like oh, don't give away my secrets it's like buddy it's not a secret it's all over
1: <laughs> anyway experiment with stuff because again yeah. perfect jig so he's got like flipping baits here which he has uh, some tungsten weights and stuff for flipping and pitching yeah you can put this on the back of a swim jig
0: who cares? You can put anything can put on put
1: whatever transition. You want to put a Sanko sideways in the back of a swim jig? Try it. I've seen I don't it. know. <laughs> There's no rules to fishing.
0: So before <laughs> we get into where to fish a swim jig and what conditions you're going to want to chuck a fi- uh, swim jig and gear, we're going to talk about our sponsor again. So again, we'd really love to thank Brendan again for sponsoring this giveaway. It's it's fantastic when people reach out to us and are like, yeah. hey, we'd like to sponsor a giveaway. Like, I don't think we've asked many people at all. It's been mostly people asking us. And I was like, yeah. that's fantastic. Keep so, it
1: coming. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. So again, if you're a company or a brand that would like to do some sponsor giveaways on our podcast, definitely shoot us an email and we'll we'll get you set up. So we're gonna kinda go over what's inside of this particular box because it's a pretty good box it's
1: one of those 3700 size boxes and it's jam-packed full of stuff yep so we have five different jigs uh i believe they're all there's a couple flipping jigs there's a punching jig in here too nice big black and blue it's actually one of my favorite perfect jigs is his punch jig and it's it weighs like what
0: an ounce or three three quarter of an ounce maybe they're heavy but they have a tapered head so they actually if you're punching around
1: lily pads or slop they actually
0: go right through and
1: then they come up without weeds on them which is fantastic uh we got another couple swim jigs here or there's a this is a flipping jig there yep there's a swim jig there i love this color too yeah the white that's, with the uh, cool color the blue oh that's awesome so a couple a couple flipping jigs there's another flipping jig there and uh i believe that's the uh, peanut butter and jelly almost yeah or similar yeah great color uh it also comes with not just any frog but the perfect frog which by the way i bought a few last year
0: and rest their soul one got bit off by a muskie and one got bit off by a pike (laughs) they're both gone now but i did catch quite a bit of fish on them they're very soft they've got sharp hooks good colors
1: soft yeah good hookup ratio on them and again tungsten weight tungsten weight inside yep uh again you can feel free to trim the skirt if you want the skirts are long long, so you can again i like i'd rather have that because i can trim it if they come too short which i can't make it longer so great frog you got uh some flipping weights there tungsten flipping weights which aren't cheap yep and you also got some weight stops bobber stops yeah so you won't be snapping off needlessly on the hooks he also provided i think these are three offset hooks you got a nice assortment of there and then you got a couple flipping baits you got beavers uh, yeah a couple beavers a couple different colors uh like variations of the green pumpkin pretty much
0: actually that's one of my favorite colors he makes it's called bluegill smash yeah and it's
1: great and they're and they're compact size they're not huge and yeah. like we said paddle tails this is like my favorite size of bait for flipping yeah. because I, I want it small enough so as soon as it comes down reaction strike like gone yep. like the whole thing and then as we talked about already we have his paddle tails when in that awesome like opalescent pearl I have to keep purple. my eye
0: on Andrew because I'm pretty sure he wants to steal those <laughs> it's like, he's like look oh, over there's there there's no pocket here <laughs> yeah so anyway <laughs> it's it's a great kit it, it has everything that you need like you could literally just grab that and a fishing rod yep and go out in you know anywhere in the lakes or you know muskoka Point anywhere like that. cover yep and you'll catch largemouth and smallmouth and pike and muskie if you yep. want i've actually lost i've donated quite a few perfect jigs to the <laughs> local <laughs> muskie in, in the corthas unfortunately <laughs> but Help support muskie yeah. donate jigs <laughs> so now we're going to kind of talk uh, briefly about where you'd fish a swim jig and we we kind of cover like we kind of covered in our, in, We'll combine where and how. Yeah. how about that so again like we said they're weedless yep. so fish are on weeds weed edges great area if you're fishing uh, one spot people always ask me like where do you catch bass shallow covers always a, it's obvious you can tell lily pads a stump a dog visual yeah, yeah. large are very you know they sit in one spot and wait for food to come they're mm-hmm. opportunistic they're lazy so if you cast a swim jig past a dock and there's a bass there he'll probably come out and eat it mm-hmm. uh, a stump lily pads are great the swim jigs yeah, timber will is go. awesome for swim jigs yeah. i like fishing around you timber. see
1: any like lay downs with trees like in yeah. the water and and again the little difference between flipping and pit and and swimming swim jigs is because of that eye presentation or, or or location uh it comes through the timber a lot better yeah it's it's less likely to get wedged into a little crevice and and snap off on you down there so if i'm fishing timber i prefer a swim jig over a flipping jig
0: yeah and i'll fish it the same way especially if you're swimming it and and just to add to that a lot of people are like oh it's a swim jig it's it, you can only swim it false it's a jig that swims best so like jigs you can fish a swim jig you can flip it you can skip it under docks i mean you can technically swim a, a flipping jig you can swim a punch jig
1: how many times have you fished it without cover like you're fishing either a flat rubbing it on the bottom or you're casting in the open water beside weeds like you're not even making use of the weed guard that's there no but they work still. It's just a swim bait yeah. that's weedless. So don't don't think that you're
0: fishing a swim jig and you have to sw- fish it like a swim jig. Say you're fishing a swim jig along and you know there's some weeds, there's some logs, you're fishing targets, and then all of a sudden, you know, you see this like nice deep hole in the weeds. Flip the swim jig in there. It's <laughs> it's a jig. I gotta it grab It's better every than tie. a flipping jig, but <laughs> it's best at swimming, but it can also do all those other things too. It may mm-hmm. not be the best at it, but it can still do it.
1: The great thing too is if you're fishing Uh, an area that has let's say the weeds only come up not to the surface or there's only like sparse surface weeds but there's more below and you're fishing this you're swimming it along above these weeds let's say and then you see a hole stop reeling have it drop down into the hole it's like you just flipped that hole and pull it out exactly that's that's actually one of the uh the best ways i find to fish these because you're doing two techniques and covering more water at the same time Exactly. And, and that's the whole thing we said. Versatile.
0: You can literally put a swim jig on and go down the bank. Say you're a bank angler. You just walk along. As you're walking along, you don't have to change baits all the time. That one bait will do so many different things. Or say you're in a boat or a kayak mm-hmm. or whatever. Just go down the bank and fish, or down a weed line. You don't have to keep switching baits. That one bait will do everything. You can flip it, you can swim it, you can drag it on the bottom. You can do whatever you want with it. There's no, remember, there's no rules to fishing, unless you're talking about the regulations, which we dealt <laughs> with <one> last week. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what conditions? Now, again, this is this is generalizing, but you may say, and I've had a lot of people ask me this, especially when I was at the fishing store. When do you use a swim jig? When do you use a chatter bait? Because they're the same thing. A chatterbait literally is just a swim jig with a, a blade on it. So generally speaking, this is generalized. If the water is slick, calm. I Using use a as gref-
1: aggressive bait as possible. Yeah.
0: No. So if it's <laughs> slick, calm. Oh, Sorry for steering you wrong, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> don't listen to Andrew right now. He's crazy. Yeah. So if the water is slick, calm, a slightly more finesse technique is better. Like a swim jig is literally, it's a finesse e technique. It is a power technique, mm-hmm. but it doesn't, a swim jig just, you know, it's very natural it doesn't have a lot of flash it doesn't have a lot of vibration it's just very natural and when the water's slick that's what the fish want generally
1: it's so when i talk oftentimes about fishing finesse it doesn't always mean finesse size yeah you can fish a finesse presentation on a larger bait and that's again where these are great for is you can have a big profile just like you're saying but you don't have to uh, you're ripping it in quick you don't have to be like hopping along hard you can fish this as slow as you want or or go as light as you want you can fish this compact ones if you want to go smaller
0: yeah exactly so like literally no rules like we said <laughs> and again like we said word of the day
1: versatile versatile very versatile <laughs>
0: and like i said chatterbait if you know the water's kicking up a little bit there's a little bit of wind you know chatterbaits can be fantastic and and they are not as weedless because they don't have a weed guard some of them do but generally chatterbaits are good to fish around cover also ripping through cover swim jigs are not exactly the same as that so you kind of fish them in slightly different areas but definitely try a swim jig if you don't own one by now buy about four of them and say thanks to me later (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna briefly talk about gear because i i I could go on for a whole hour about talking about what swim jig rod you should own. Because I have a few <laughs> different <laughs> rods that I've tried. But we're going to keep this basic. You probably already own a rod that's great for swim jigs. Mm-hmm. Now, generally speaking, we're talking about bait casting equipment. We'll talk about spinning gear in a sec. But for me, I think the most versatile rod that you can own for almost any lure is like our generally, what we say, (laughs) medium heavy, seven seven foot, foot medium (laughs) heavy, a seven foot to seven foot three medium heavy. If you're fishing from a boat uh, and you want to cast a little bit farther, sometimes some guys like, you know, seven and a half footers, but generally speaking, seven to seven, three is perfect. I would say that
1: contrary to to perhaps other times when you say that's that's the great general rod to always have in your boat. I would say personally, that would be my first choice rod for fishing swim jigs. Yeah. Like that is perfectly paired with them. It's perfect. Yeah and a lot of
0: guys if you watch their they'll have like you know a swim jig signature series rod or what rod they prefer if you watch you know different reviews and stuff a lot of the rods i find again it's all personal preference some guys are like oh man i like this heavy power rod and 50 pound braid or or heavier and they're fishing around you know heavy heavy cover that's fine yeah but generally speaking a medium heavy is fine if you have braid on it you might want a rod that's a little bit more that's a little bit more of a tip like a moderate fast Mm -hmm. instead of a fast or, or tie on a monoliter. Exactly. Or, or leader fluorocarbon. Yeah. So you do need some stretch somewhere. So it's either got to be in the rod or the mm-hmm. line. So if you are using straight braid, yeah. you may want a rod that's more of a
1: parabolic action. And again, that's that's anything that has oftentimes a single hook, but anything that has a heavy weight that the fish can use to its advantage. So yeah. that's what we were talking before about fishing like a lighter action rod when you don't have to fish around cover. Uh, when it gets close to that boat and you have your rod stiff tight that line is no give and they have this uh like a, let's say a jig in their mouth they have a half ounce of weight that they can just throw around and twist that hook right out on a, on a single head shake and gone yeah and if so, your rod's
0: not constantly loading with the yeah. fish's
1: head shakes they'll you do want something with right elasticity out. to just keep even tension so even if they're shaking it's always holding that bait in their
0: mouth exactly and again it could be the rod it could be the line it could be a combination of of that it you're gonna have to experiment but generally speaking if you're using like we said a seven to seven and mm-hmm. a half foot medium heavy and um, we're gonna get into line in a second but oh we'll get into it right now <laughs> i got the line right here now i've tried tons of different combos Fluorocarbon is expensive if you kind of want to learn more about fluorocarbon, we have a podcast about fishing line and i'll link that below mm-hmm. uh, but the main types of line you're gonna use for swim jig is either braid or fluorocarbon or a monofilament so fluorocarbon is is clear it's invisible to fish basically same with mono is fairly clear it has stretch to it so if you're using a stiffer rod fluorocarbon or mono could be the deal now if you're fishing in heavy cover you're probably going to want to use braid so
1: i generally start at 30 pound braid but again it depends on your cover if you're fishing heavy cover but it's timber I would want something personally that has a bit more abrasive resistance. Exactly. So you might want to go
0: up to like a 17 to 20 pound fluorocarbon. So to start with fluorocarbon, I'd start at 15. Generally 17 to 20 is if you're fishing around heavy timber or even heavy, you know, heavy cover generally Mm -hmm. like docks. If you're going with braid, I'd definitely go with uh, 30 to 50 pound braid. 30 is a little on the thin side, but if you're fishing really heavy co- cover, I'd jump up to 40 to 50. Mm-hmm. And one thing I, I'll notice is... So far, I agree with all this. Yeah, like that's, that's <laughs> the basic information there. Uh, Seth Fighter, one of my favorite fishing pros, he always uses a lot of heavier baits hey, mustache, on, medium, buddy. Yeah, on medium heavy <laughs> rods. And he'll always say in his videos, if you put braid on a medium heavy, it bumps it up half a power. So remember that if you're fishing swim jigs and you're like, ah, oh man, I'm fishing heavy cover, I'm, I only have this medium heavy, that's fine. If you have braid on it, it's almost a heavy. Yep. Don't worry about it. Now, if you just have spinning gear, you can still fish a swim jig. No problem.
1: Andrew did it last week. <laughs> <laughs> on a medium light, it, yeah. was, it was a more of a finesse hook, yeah. a thinner gauge hook. So it still worked, but I was fishing 10-pound braid with a floral leader and a medium light spinning rod for walleye again i I was limited in what i had with me not ideal but it worked. We broke off other jigs that we were using and i was like this is the next best thing i have to fish this way yep (laughs) and it worked still
0: so generally i'd say you'd want at least a medium or medium heavy spinning and i'd probably load that with 15 to 20 pound braid with a, a leader of some kind probably 10 or 12 pound something like that again it it doesn't need to be complicated it's a jig you're just literally you're reeling in a
1: jig and and primarily i would say it's not so much the weight of the jig uh or oftentimes so much the 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 cover will, will change if you're fishing heavy weeds or something like that yeah you're gonna want heavier line to be able to and a heavier rod to pull it out but i would say primarily uh I would first focus on the kind of hook that you're using to the rod pair you're using. If you have yeah. again, like we talked about earlier, if the hook is too thick and that I also ran into the other issue, I tried another jig, and of course it's it's I knew it was a flipping jig, or it was a sorry, it's a, a bucktail jig, and I was not getting the hook up on it that I that I could have been. Yeah. But again, we were limited in what we had with us, we were backpacked in. But there was too light action of a rod, even with straight braid to it, was still too light to get penetration on that thicker hook. So that's the first thing you'd want to look at in, in setting up your combo, in my, in my opinion. 100%. So say, again, if you're an angler that is just using spinning gear, you might want to check
0: out the compact finesse style yeah. swim jigs. And that will be fine because they're, they're thin gauge hooks.
1: Yeah. not thin they're thinner but they're very sharp easy to, to hook with a yeah. spinning rod because i would i would hate for someone to be listening and be like oh i have a spinning rod i want to try this and they get these heavy, heavy nice cover. Swim jigs and then they have no success they miss fish like honest mistake sure but look for one that was suited for your power of rod
0: exactly and just to end kind of the the swim jig thing again we highly recommend them they they smash fish <laughs> I, just a quick story because I wanted to mention the story. I was fishing last year, and it was like a week after Bass Opener, and the fish were still in the post spawn funk. You know, they they just get all you yep. know annoying after they spawn, and they don't want to bite. <laughs> I was fishing this day, and I was up on one of the Cortha Lakes, and it was slick calm, like sunny, bright blue skies. Just the worst day to go bass fishing. <laughs> uh, like super hot, and I was like, oh my goodness! And like I had a chatterbait tied on, and and I was like, it's slick calm. This isn't going to be good. The the lure's too aggressive so i tied it on a swim jig perfect jig it has this color called brown pumpkin something like that it looks very bassy you look at it you're like oh bass is gonna eat that and i I put on it it looks
1: like a like a crayfish color like oh yeah
0: yeah it's a nice color and i i i had such a good day on it it made me so much more confident like i was pretty confident in them before but after that day I caught a bunch like I was just fishing weed lines and in mm-hmm. shallow water and all these different situations I had a great day until a muskie bit me off <laughs> but uh, we're going to go through quick before the end of this podcast a few other swim jigs that are really cool so again we 100% recommend the perfect jig one and we're not even just saying that because he's our sponsor we have been buying We've them for them a few for years a yeah. <laughs> and quite a few of them so Andrew has there the perfect jig one so that's a good one we're going to go through these quick that is a freedom tackle right there freedom tackle swim jigs are pretty nice they're actually very reasonably priced too yep. that one that you have there is the outcast tackle heavy duty sw- uh, heavy cover swim jig It has a slightly bigger hook um, the one that we were mentioning earlier this is the strike king hack attack heavy cover swim jig it ha- it's more of a heavy cover swim jig obviously this is the z-man Snakeheads. heads mm-hmm. it has a very unique head that's more it's designed like a snake head so they say oh the snake slithers <laughs> through the grass and so does this jig
1: the z-man is nice too because if you are one that you want to train change your trailer it does have a special uh, bait keeper that's designed for their z-man plastics
0: yeah and it works with other plastics too this one is cool we met uh sheldon uh from jacked up jigs at cancast yeah. very cool um designs very good colors yeah and that's like a standard swim jig this is the sixth sense divine swim jig this is a
1: sick jig. Like, I'm, look glad, at that. I'm glad you're doing this episode because I'd be like, here's one of the three I own. <laughs> yeah. This is a weapons of bass yeah, destruction swim jig. I like the head design on this. It has a
0: slightly not a huge hook compared to those big flipping hooks, but I've had good success on those. This is one that I got at Dollarama for $2. <laughs> no name. This is the Evergreen Grass Ripper swim jig. These are These really are nice. Yeah. More of a premium swim jig. If you don't yeah. like spending 12 bucks on a swim jig, I you know you might not want that one. And another cool swim jig, which I just picked up, I haven't tried it yet. This is the Berkeley uh, heavy cover swim jig. Yeah, it's got a very interesting head design, very cool, and it's got the power bait flavored skirt. So, there's definitely options as you're seeing here. There's so many options of different swim jigs you can get. Again, I you know, we like to buy the local ones as much as we can. I do like trying a bunch of other ones, I'm not gonna lie, (laughs) but a lot of the ones that I just mentioned there are made in Ontario. Uh, Check out our Instagram post, Um, I'm posting. It's probably going to be there already. There's a swim jig post with all of the swim jigs that I mentioned, as well as which ones are made in Ontario. So definitely check that out. And again, if you're watching the show on YouTube or on Spotify or wherever you're listening to it, in the show notes is going to be links to all of the cool Perfect jig stuff. And we would just like to mention, at this moment, we have passed a lot of downloads for this podcast. So it's been amazing. We have been very very happy with the amount of downloads and it's been crazy like we've been getting lots of messages from you guys and girls and people you know reposting our giveaways and stuff on instagram it's been fantastic and every download that we get and every view on youtube it really helps uh, our channel grow it means so much to me and andrew and uh, we've kept this podcast so far ad free there's been no ads and we've done this despite monthly costs obviously (laughs) there is costs and not even to mention all the time that goes into editing. So we well, had the equipment a, we bought outright to begin yeah, with. Yeah. <laughs> there has been a lot of expense up front. So as a few people requested for us to set up a Patreon link, I was kind of against it at first because I was like, I don't really want to do that. But I've had more than a few people ask me. So I said I had to
1: talk Jesse into it. We're not we're not asking, hey, you should give us this because you're giving you this. No. It's it's there because you want to be able to if people have asked how can we support you? this is how it's all voluntary
0: yeah so if you would like to support so, eh. <laughs> if you would <laughs> like to support jesse learning how to how to read off of a piece of paper <laughs> if you'd like to support the show and help us out on check out the show link and, and it'll take you right to our patreon i don't really know how it works but i'm sure you'll figure it out but we'd like to thank you for that again no obligation there pals we appreciate your downloads yeah so 100%. anyway this episode was about swim jigs and Again, we love swim jigs. I highly recommend you get some. We'd like to thank Brendan from Perfect Jig again for sponsoring this giveaway. Definitely check him out. He's at a lot of tackle shops. Probably if you have a local tackle shop near your house, he probably has jigs in there. Because I see what happens. I work near Gagnon Sports, which is one of my favorite places. And you'll see his Perfect Jig truck with all the (laughs) like, you know. And he stocks up all these stores. He drives. Like, he'll, he'll have a whole truckload of jigs. And every few weeks or every week, I don't know how often, I'll just see his, as I'm driving to work, I'll see his truck. And he's yep. there at the crack and dawn Ganyan, stocking up their shelves. Yep. And he's always in there just like, hey, yeah, I'm driving up. You know, and he's driving up God knows where, like way up in the wilderness Every time I up. see
1: his truck, it's not local. It's when I'm coming back from, like, Marmara or yeah. something like that. Like, it's somewhere far. And this guy's a hustler, man. I don't, if, so if you see a truck... And it doesn't have just like a bumper sticker, a perfect jig. It's like lettered out, yeah, perfect jig. Give him a honk, give him a wave, tell him that you like his products. Like, roll in your window at summertime and yell at him across the how He'd be like,
0: I love your stuff. Just be like, Brendan, you're perfect. <laughs> so, anyway, if you do eventually buy something um, from Perfect Jig off his website or at the store, send him a message and say, AOA sent us. That'd yeah. be pretty cool. But anyway, <laughs> this was a cool podcast. And actually, next week, what's the podcast, Andrew, just to whet your appetite? Ooh, it is all about the top bass lures. Ooh, top bass lures. And we're going to talk all about swim jigs. Just kidding. (laughs) We're not going to talk about swim jigs. But anyway, thanks everyone for listening and we will see you next week.